good morning and good afternoon, depending on wherever you at the time of the recording. This is episode 19 of the Restricted Zone podcast. I'm with my fellow co-hosts here today. Uh, Jamar, introduce yourself, man. What's up, Colin? What's up, everybody? Good, what's good? Kyrie, introduce yourself, man. Yeah, what's good, what's good? Let's go. Christopher, introduce yourself, Chris. Yeah, 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 what's up? All right, and today there's going to be a lot of basketball here in this episode, in episode 19. Uh, so two players, uh, t- two top 20 NBA players, the Greek Freak, top five, you know, it, that's arguably in anyone's opinion. Got the big max contracts, a lot of money. Uh, for the Greek Freak, it was real important because he was the main topic in the free agency uh, discussion for, for the 2021. A lot of teams were, were really pursuing him, especially the Heat. But, you know, he made it clear he's loyal, he's staying with the team. And we and we're gonna also talk about what that means for the Bucks' future and his chances of ever winning the title. And we're gonna talk about Paul George's contract, even though he's not really highly regarded as the same man as the Greek freak. But either way, he got a big contract, and what that means for the Clippers, how that affects their cash space when it comes to pursuing free agency, free agents, and what that means for their future long term. So, I mean, honestly, let's talk about. Uh, let's start this off with whose contract would think was more impactful. To, to the team? Was it the Paul George's come contract or was it the Greek Freak's next contract? Uh, I'm going I'm, I'm to let Chris take this one away. Go ahead, Chris. I, I think it's easy to say that uh, Giannis was more impactful but because he's just a franchise player. So, I mean, it, suck if, it sucks if you can't get your franchise player to resign. I think it's simple as that. I mean, but also Paul George's mix is a pretty big impact as well, though, in the sense that um, – Kawhi still has his, um, we could say, his Robin to his Batman. So I mean, he still has his partner in crime. So I mean, I, I mean, it's easy that, uh, excuse me, the Giannis one was more impactful though, because like I said, he's a franchise player. You lose him, then what do you, what do you have? Right. I mean, yeah, exactly what you said. I mean, obviously, I just feel like I look at the Greek freak. and uh, a lot of people are saying, you know, he'll, he'll never win a championship now because he's staying with the Bucks. But, you know, it's one of those things that people are starting to kind of doubt, you know, is he really, like, does he care about his legacy? And uh, it's kind of like a 50-50 type of thing because it's hard to turn down $230 million. Well, 228 to be exact, but let's just say, you know, it's 230 basically. It's kind of hard to turn that down. I mean, coming from where he came from growing up in poverty and stuff like that. I don't know what this means for him in the long run, whether or not he can ever compete for a title in the future. I mean, him being the East helps, but I just don't know – can he ever make it to the finals? I mean, like, like, what do you guys think about that? Um, so I definitely think they do have the opportunity to make it to the finals. I'm not. I'm actually happy about the signing for both Giannis and the Bucks. He, uh, he definitely got. He deserved the money that he got, and the Bucks kept their franchise star that they drafted and that they they groomed into this MVP caliber player that he is today. So I think that it was a major. Uh, it was it was a major objective to, to keep Giannis and to make sure he's happy. So I think the main thing about how they progress as far as um, re-signing him is just improving the pieces that he has around him. They did, good, they did a good job um, this offseason going out to get Drew Holiday, and they attempted to get Bo, uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich also, which didn't work out. But I think if they keep, like, building uh, at the same rate that we've seen them and just uh, improving their bench depth also, I can see them making the finals um, in the near future. I mean, I, I see where you're coming from, Mar. Like, I mean, so what's your standpoint on, like, the Greek free chance of ever making it to the finals? Like, I just, you know, it's, it's like some people are down to whether or not his legacy is real important to him. And I feel like he's a competitor. 
the Griffey's absolutely a competitor. He's a guy who wants to win. Uh, I don't know if with the Bucks can he ever be able to make it to that milestone, but I feel like in the East he does have a shot. I mean, what's your thoughts on that? Um, well, in the in in the near future, I could see them being a championship team because I think Giannis has taken that. I think Giannis has that mentality in his head, like I can't do it by myself. Because if you remember a couple years ago. Um, LeBron, Melo, and KD offered to work out with Giannis, but he said, no, I want to compete against you guys. Why would I work out with you? And now this season, he said he's willing to play with anybody who wants to come over to the Bucks because he wants to win. So I feel like he has that mentality to like, okay, I know I can't get this done on my own. So I feel like the Bucks' future will be great if, if Giannis can get another, another player to really push them to the finals because I like what they did this offseason, but I don't think it's going to be enough for them to win. Well, I mean, I want to touch on what you said. You said, well, I mean, what superstar is going to be willing who wants to come to, like, you know, Wisconsin, Milwaukee? I mean, you know, it's not the most attractive city. So, you know, like, what friends he would really want to be willing? I mean, the Greek free is definitely a fatal, is a fatal attraction. But, you know, I mean, a lot of players focus on the city, the state of the city, you know, and I don't know about if the Greek free is enough to slow, like, top tier you know, stars to come play with them. I mean, then you got to look at the contract situation, how much money you could give those guys, if, even if they want to. It had to be a signing trade at best. I mean, what do you well, think? Well, I mean, okay, so as you know, there's other things that play that play a part into a business like the NBA, like Jay-Z. He, uh, I, don't, I don't really know his ownership on the Nets, but, you know, he, he rocked with the Nets and he signed Kyrie and KD right before they signed. And Aaron Rodgers is a part owner of the Bucks, So it may not always be the city because of, you know, like you said, it's Wisconsin who will want to come there. It might just be somebody that, you know, like somebody on the outside that could be, that we'll never know, that could be on the outside, just be trying to uh, recruit somebody that you'll never even think of. So I'm not saying... They have to like go out and get a trade or a free agent has to like just come and sign there. But like you never know what strings are being pulled to where anything could happen. Or like you or like that Bogdanovan thing. They could have that they they tried, it just didn't work out. Right. They well, they're I, going I don't know after, why that didn't work out. They're trying, <laughs> they're going after things, but it's like it you you just never know who could who could pull a string and then somebody could just be there. I mean, man, I mean, you know, when I look at him signing, I honestly, I feel like I don't know if he'll ever win a title. Because, okay, so this is how I try to look at it when him signing with the Bucks. So if we dismiss the Lakers, he signed the Fargate contract, how long do you guys see LeBron playing inside the league? Four or five years? Let's say, let's say three years. All right, so you got three years of LeBron, I think, will constantly beat the Greek freak. If supposedly they ever make it to the finals, what team outside of the Lakers is the most dominant that you think the Bucks could compete besides the Lakers and maybe the Clippers, depending on how you guys feel about the Clippers? Yeah, I was about wait, to say. Wait, wait, Clippers. hold on. Repeat that question again, because. Well, okay, so I'm saying okay, so he's staying in the East. You guys think some of you might think he might be able to go to the finals in the East? Let's say hypothetically speaking, he does go to the East. If you take away the Lakers, the most dominant team in the West, well, because of LeBron. Uh, which whoa, team? whoa, 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 that's that's a stretch. So, I, I guess they I just forget about AD then. Oh, no, well, it was, well, the Lakers are oh, the you most said cause, you said because of LeBron. 
Well, LeBron, I don't think you, if you take LeBron off that team, I don't think that the Lakers go to the to the finals. I really don't think uh, you guys you think take AD goes, off that team, they're not going to the finals. Uh, I don't know. Brian and Brian took some. Brian was there like two years ago. What happened? Well, look at the roster he compared it when he came. To they didn't have oh, no, 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 no. They didn't. They traded like three players for Anthony Davis and made the finals. So without Anthony Davis, they're not making that finals. I'm not dismissing Anthony Davis at all. I just feel like it, I don't know if you take away LeBron on that team. I don't think they. they now, I don't know if they make it to the finals, but I don't they think... They need each other. Well, they do, but I feel like LeBron is the more valuable player than AD. Yeah, I, okay. I kind of agree with you, Colin. I take my like, chances not, with LeBron led dismiss- Lakers than the Anthony Davis led Lakers. I take my chances more with LeBron. Like, I'm not dismissing AD at all. I know he's a, he's a superstar, but I, honestly, LeBron is LeBron. He's the best player in the NBA. That's not that's not really something you can argue against and what he's done. At that age, too, like, you can't dismiss that. I feel like you take away LeBron... I, I I wouldn't be that scared of the Lakers, to be honest with you. I if mean, you take I away AD, are you that scared? I'm so, I'm scared of LeBron, so yes, yes, I would be scared. I'm scared of LeBron. They didn't make the playoffs until they got AD. But look at that roster compared to now. That's you can't even make the comparison. That's not Bro, fair. It, it, wait, why can't you make the comparison? They basically have the same roster, roster except they. That roster is way superior to the one he had when he first arrived to the Lakers. Colin, who's the different player? His third best player was Cartavius Caldwell Pope in the finals, Colin. So you telling me when that fr- so you telling me with Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram. I just and- told you Cantavius Caldwell Pope was the third player. So what's the difference? So all right. So what you're saying is you think regardless if, if LeBron was there, they'd still they, they would admit it to the finals. They don't make the finals without each other. All right. I'm not dismissing AD. I'm just saying, like, LeBron is an undeniable big factor. Why? If that's, like, the big reason the Greek Freak wouldn't be able to beat the Lakers because of LeBron. That's just that's just LeBron the factor. That's just who LeBron is. He's that so big of a So, wait a minute. Who's protecting the paint? Whoa there. Wait a second. Because the last time the Nuggets put – I said Nuggets. Last time the Lakers put the Bucks, who was carrying the Lakers? Definitely AD. That's all I'm going to say. I'm not dismissing AD. I'm just saying LeBron. You are okay. dismissing AD. No, I'm really not. Are. I, he's a superstar. He's a superstar. You just said you he's just said the Lakers were down because of LeBron. LeBron is more of a threat. For most coaches, LeBron would be more of a threat just knowing what he can do. He can do everything on the court. That doesn't make you more dominant, though. He's he's definitely more valuable. Yeah, but that doesn't make you more dominant, though. Like I guess AD protects the paint. Without AD, without AD, Russell Westbrook would have went off. When they played the Rockets without AD, who's guarding? Who's guarding Jokic? All right, I just feel like LeBron's the more you know valuable player out of the two. He's just that much. That's, that's nah, fair, man. but you said they dominant. both need each other to make the finals. And Bron's you you said Brown was more dominant than AD. If we talking about this season, okay, there was there was equal. There was equal, but like I said, LeBron's just that much of a threat as himself, but. That's just me. Okay, so back to the question. If you take away that Lakers team, the most dominant team inside inside the West, what team do you see the Bucs could actually compete against if they was to meet, if they was to go to the finals? Would the Bucs have any chance against against any other team in the Western Conference besides the Lakers? They can compete against every team, including the Lakers. Mm. So, the Lakers? so I, I don't think they'd be able to compete with the Lakers because they're just simply not as deep as the Lakers. I'd I'd be eager to see what guys like Dante DiVincenzo and DJ Wilson are doing off the bench 
produce because we've seen it in the playoffs they weren't producing that much and because of that their offense was one-dimensional and we see what the lakers do with one-dimensional offenses like what they do with right. the rockets in the playoffs all right so so what you great chris so so you so you think the bucks so you think the bucks compete with any team inside the west including the lakers yes why can't they Kyrie just gave you like the the good, great reasons why. I'm asking you why. He he gave me. He I'm gave asking me you. Reasons. I'm asking you because you asked me the question. I'm asking you. His reasons are pretty much the reasons I would have gone for because at the end of the day, the Lakers have more depth than the Bucks. Okay, so okay, Clippers then. Uh, I don't. Could he beat the Clippers? Yes. Clippers they, can, now. they can compete against the Lakers. What are you talking about? Why can't the they compete against the Lakers? Yes, the Bucs compete against the Lakers. The Lakers have more. I mean, they can compete with the Lakers, but I don't see them. I'm gonna see them outlasting them in the seven game series. Unless they work with the improvements that I was I was just talking about. I don't see them lasting a seven game series if they continue with this one dimensional offense, which which is likely because they got Drew Holiday. But I'm still eager to see how they keep up with the Lakers bench and the depth that the Lakers have that makes them great. All right. So, okay. So, overall, so what do you guys think about like the Bucks' chances of ever, you know, competing for the finals and for the next five years? Unless, like Mark said, unless they get it, unless they get a superstar that's willing to come over, the, do you see the do you see the Bucks ever ever really so make it to I, the finals? I like the Bucks' chances simply because they're in the East. Okay, competing and making to the finals is a whole different thing, Chris. How is it? The, how is it a different thing? Are, are you kidding me? No, 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 no. What's the difference between competing and making to the finals? Well, obviously, the Bucks have struggled to actually compete and make it to the finals. Answer answered the question. That was the question. That was the answer to the question. Had that the Bucks the struggled in the playoffs? Yes, they struggled. But why? Okay, yes, they, they struggled. Can't say that wasn't a struggle to compete for the finals because they obviously struggled against other teams in the playoffs. Kyle, you just said who's competing for the finals, who win the championship. Basically, the same thing. Chris, can the Bucks make the finals in the next five years? Yes, 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 yes. They're so, contenders every year. So 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 those past two years have shown you nothing. Oh my god, yo! Oh my god. I'm just asking. This team's a little bit different, Colin. Oh my god, yo! This team's slightly different. Yo, yo! It doesn't matter. Even if okay, hold on. So are the are the Clippers still contenders? Well, they are. Yeah. But okay, they got what did they do last year? No, 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 no. What, what did they? What did they do last year? The Clippers are a better team than the Bucks. Okay. They got a better. They have a better. They have better roster than the Bucks. They lost the same round the Bucks lost it. So how are they better? They got a better roster than the Bucks. So if you put the Bucks in the Western Conference, do they actually compete for the finals, Chris? If you put the Clippers in the East, they actually compete for the finals. I'm just asking. You don't think so, Chris? All right. So with that, with that, we're gonna move on to Paul George. Uh, we're gonna talk about his max contract and what do you guys think about his max contract? And basically for the Clippers, so what that mean for them? Go ahead, Kyrie. Um, so I'm, I'm gonna go ahead first on this one. So I'm gonna start off by saying, like, I feel like uh, Paul George's playoff performance is like still fresh in our minds, and it's like, yo, he he didn't step up to the plate in the playoffs when it mattered most. Um, in that second game series against the Nuggets, especially. But um, when I look at him, in his contract, I took a look back at uh, his last season with OKC, where he was a he was touching for MVP and Defensive Player of the Year at the same time. He averaged like 28, 8 and 4 with like two steals a game. So 
that was Paul George pre-shoulder injury, which I attribute to being his reason and his slump uh, this past season with the Clippers and also chemistry issues because he came in late um, while the Clippers were already like in their groove kind of. So I, I don't, I'm not mad at the Clippers uh, for giving him this type of money because I think he he's like the perfect player to have next to Kawhi, um, as Chris said earlier, as his Robin to his Batman. All right. So how you feel? So how you feel about the uh, how you feel about the Los Angeles uh, Clippers hold, hold, giving Paul George? Hold on, hold on, wait a second, wait a second. Before I, I want to go second, but before that, I just want to go Colin because I I heard you say something about if the Clippers win the East, will they compete? Who won't compete from that West from the top five teams in the Western Conference? Who won't compete in the Eastern Conference? We all know who the superior conference is. The West, the West is the superior conference. Right, but so the Bucks won't compete in the West still. The Bucks not making to the finals in the West as they move to the West. They're not going to the finals in the West. They're not going to the finals, Chris. You think the Bucks? Okay, are making neither. To the I didn't say that. I did not. Did I say that? Yes, what you insinuating? Did I say that? Insinuating it though. Oh my God, yo! Did I say that? Did I say the Bucks make it to the finals in the West? You ain't saying it, but that come out my mouth. All right, then. So don't say that then. Like you're making it seem like it. No, I'm saying that. Okay, yeah. Never mind. Okay. All right. All right. So back to the Clippers. You're not listening. So back to the Clippers. So what do you guys feel about uh uh Paul George's contract? So 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 do you guys think he was worth he was worth that contract considering how he was playing in the playoffs? I'm gonna go with you, Mar. Never. And I was rooting for Paul George, but never, <laughs> never. He's already 30. No, never. Five years, too, man. That's crazy. He's going to be 35. He's going to be 35, and you have no picks. No, right. Like, like, and then. (laughs) I was a Paul, like, I was rooting for Paul George, but no, I don't think he deserved that. No, never. I I wouldn't give Paul George that amount of money. And, like, and then especially the way he just played in the playoffs, that was real disappointing on his end. I mean, what do you think about Kawhi Leonard? So, like, he's only signed for two years at the moment. So, like, so do you guys think he resigns with the Clippers after the Paul George, after the Clippers just gave Paul George that max contract? Yeah, I, don't, I don't think they would have went out and re-signed Paul George if Kawhi Leonard didn't want to play with him, you know what I mean? Mm. So, I feel like that that was, like, that was, like, a key piece to keeping Kawhi Leonard beyond uh, the, this most recent contract. Oh man, I just feel like I mean, so 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 where does Paul George stand right now inside the NBA? Like, is he a top fifteen player, top twenty NBA player? Why wouldn't he be? Um, we can't. I don't I'm think we, can, we we can't really look him that high based off of this season because, like, the issues I, I mentioned before, he was playing like fresh off a of shoulder surgery on both shoulders, and he was just having issues in uh with the Clippers' chemistry, and we've seen that all season with other players. Also, it wasn't just him. Right. Well. I mean, hopefully, hopefully. So, what do you guys think about Tyron Lue and, and and pretty much the expectations so far for the Clippers? They just gave Paul George that max contract. Like, so where, how far do you guys see, see the Clippers going? This the expectation of the same as last year, championship definitely. Well, I mean, how you feel about Tyron Lue as a coach? You think he he's the key for them to actually go into the final? I don't know what he's going. I don't know how he is as a coach. I've never seen him really coach. That's fair enough. All right, but we're gonna still, but we're still gonna stay on the Clippers, Doc Rivers, and uh, well, Paul George had some comments for uh, Doc Rivers, you know, kind of throwing some shade at him, kind of putting the blame on Doc. I mean, Kyrie has the quote; he's gotta, he's gotta pull it up. Yeah, I got you right here. So, um, this is Paul George's words. He says, "The way I was being used, I felt like Doc was trying to play me as like a Ray Allen or a JJ Reddick, all pin downs. I can do it, but that ain't my game. I need some flow. I need some mixes of pick and rolls." some post-ups, just different touches. And so it was just 
It was just that last season was just hard overall. Mm, so, so what do you guys feel like? Do, do you feel what Padre said was one hundred percent true? I mean, do you guys feel like that was the case? It, it was Doc Rivers' fault. I mean, Mar, what you think about that, Mar? How you feel about uh, Padre's comments? When you're a team, you don't put a hundred percent on anybody because it's never a hundred percent on anybody because nobody's perfect and it's a seven game series. So uh, you're not gonna tell me Doc Rivers made you play like JJ Redick. Wait, first of all, if you're coming off of a soldier, shoulder injury. You shouldn't want you shouldn't need you shouldn't need you shouldn't be trying to create your own shot in the first place. You should be trying to fall back and relax and just do what you can for the team. And he wasn't doing none of that in the Mavericks series. He probably showed off one or two games. And then but he was getting carried. And then when he was supposed oh, to show off when he was supposed to show off for the um in the next round against the Nuggets, he was showing that he can still do it. But I don't know what got into him like later into the series, but you can't just throw all that on Doc and you can't throw all of it on Paul George. It was a lot of people that weren't playing up to the expectations of the Clippers, especially for them being a defensive team. So, so there's a, there's a lot, there's a lot going on into the team, but there's, I don't, I don't really think there's no full focus points since it was one season. I think everybody just has to take accountability. I don't think you could throw anybody just in the middle of a one season. It sounds fair, um, so, like so to refer like to your comments, you said he he kind of pretty much should have taken a back seat after coming off coming off of that surgery. So my thing is, if he's healthy enough to play, and like me and Chris were saying, like their expectations last year are the same as this year. We're expecting finals or bust from them. So I don't think there's any room for him to kind of take a back seat and relax when their expectations are on the finals. He has to do his best to step up to the plate and produce in the way that we're seeing a Paul George or us. We're going to say, oh well. It, fast forward, he gets paid, and he he took the back seat last season. He kind of relaxed last season. Well, Paul George don't deserve this. He he pretty much played like the like like the back role pretty much all season. He didn't deserve this, or he's just not the same player anymore. So I felt like we we'd be talking shit about him regardless. Yeah, I mean that's that's fair. You got both. You guys made great points. I mean, I mean Kyrie. I want to touch on what Mars said, especially about you can never put the hundred percent blame on one person. I mean that kind of relates to Doc Rivers' uh, response to Paul George. Can you put that up, Kyrie? So Doc goes, um, I enjoyed coaching him. Uh, So, wait, hold on, excuse me. So uh, he said, I enjoyed coaching him. So not a lot uh, more to say there. Ty Lue was sitting right next to me, Rivers joke. Um, Listen, we lost the game, and I think everybody needs to take ownership. That's pretty much the basis of what he said. It's just everybody needs to own up and take accountability. But that seemed like – and I'm going to go into Paul George's – comments that we didn't really touch yet where he said um in that Nuggets series like after they went up three uh they lost that 3-1 lead there was no adjustments being made game to game everybody's attitude towards it was oh we'd be good we'd be good we'd be good and they they lost the three they, they blew the 3-1 lead so I feel like he's um I feel like Doc is right in that sense where it like everybody had to take the blame but it, it shows like me like the Clippers last year nobody was willing to take accountability and nobody's willing to step up and say like yo we gotta make this change here, or we gotta make this change here. Or we're gonna we're gonna lose this fucking series. Man, I mean, and, and that that's absolutely right. I just feel like Paul George, uh, he's kind of been a, a disappointment in the playoffs for the past how many years, Mar? How many how many years Paul George disappointed in the playoffs, man? Well, I mean, you could take it back to what 2017, oh, 2018, four, three years now. Yeah, 
I mean, that contract, he, he absolutely isn't deserving of that. But he got it. Uh, we'll see how he plays from here on out uh, for, for regarding the Paul George. But all right, so the NBA had a, uh, an annual survey to do this every year, a GM survey. Uh, all, so basically all, all 30 GMs, they take a survey and they have the picks. Kyrie has the question. It's going to pull it up. We're going to each have our predictions based off some of the questions that Kyrie pull up. Uh, go ahead, Kyrie. You, you're not pulling that up. All right, so I got the first question right here. Uh, give me one sec. I sent it into the chat, right? Yeah, it's definitely in the chat. It's right there in the chat. Kyrie, I got so, you. So, uh, the first question that I had was, um, at a, a like up and coming NBA stars, who's most likely to break out? Um, Chris, Chris had uh, Michael Porter Jr. I mean, isn't that right? I mean, I say he's gonna be one of the most approved. Doesn't mean he's gonna. I think he's gonna have like break out. I think he's gonna be one of the most approved player for sure. Yeah, but that's about it. I don't think he's gonna. I don't think he's gonna live up to his. I don't think he's gonna fulfill his potential until like week. That's a week. So like year four or five maybe. But I think he's one of the most approved. If ah, uh, but if I were to pick a breakout player, I would say that uh, Shea Gilders Alexander has the best chance to break out. And this could be a chance to put me wrong and show me his actual point guard, even though I don't think he is at all. But like I said, this is his, but since they really don't have anybody, he's basically the only player left from last year's playoff team. He can show, he maybe it will show me, okay, he's, he's going to be the franchise player now. So I will go with him. And, and my thoughts along with Chris, too. But I, at the end of the day, no one expects OKC to really do anything, just looking at the roster. But this is a chance to see what Shea Gills Alexander does and uh, to finally show, you know, what he's capable of. And obviously, he's not going to lead them. But if he does, hypothetically, he has that good season, actually leads OKC to actually competing for an A spot, that's just going to uh, it's, it's gonna look overall good on him. So but I, my, my pick is Shea Gills Alexander. But my runner-up for that one, to be honest with you, it's going to be on the MPG. I mean, just like what Chris was said, basically talent-wise, what he could do scoring-wise, he's definitely the Nuggets X factor. And they got him at a steal with the 14th pick. I mean, listen, the Nuggets' future is real bright. So that's my runner-up. But my my most improved – I mean, my breakout player is definitely Shea Gills Alexander. Big fan of him. So what do you think, Mar? Who's your, who's your most breakout player for the year? My breakout player is Tyler Hero. My runner-up is uh, Jamal Murray. Mm, Tyler Hero, I like that. The Heat love Tyler Hero. I mean, they love him so much, they wouldn't even trade James Harden for him, which makes sense, they, as they should. They shouldn't trade James Harden for him. But, yeah, it makes sense. Definitely makes sense. Uh, what's the next one, Kyrie? Um, so I'm going to give you my breakout player. I'm going to go with De'Aaron Fox. I think uh, he's a little more motivated this year, especially since he got that big payday. And um, I think he's ready to man the ship in the right direction for the Sacramento Kings this year. De'Aaron De Fox, De Fox uh, so so Chris, how would you how would you compare De'Aaron Fox's game right now compared to, to to NBA point guard? Like, how would you compare his game? John Wall easily. He's easily John Wall. John. John Wall. Okay. Sounds fair. Sounds good. Sounds All right. Good. So the next uh, question is: What team made the best offseason moves for uh, to you guys? Oh, I'm gonna let I'm gonna let I'm gonna let Chris handle that one. Um, in my opinion, I think the Hawks made the best moves this offseason. Uh, I think they put themselves in um, 
a good spot to at least grow with this team that they have. And now I think this year they're going to take nicely to make the playoffs. I think next year they're going to probably remain in the same boat but make the playoffs. But I think eventually, because of these moves they made um, about three years, maybe two, three years from now, they could be contending for a title in the East. And I think they're going to be uh, one of the next teams to really look out for. And they said comments that they're going to be able to compete with the Brooklyn Nets, the Milwaukee Bucks, the Sixers. They just got to grow a little bit more. And once they get some experience, I think they're going to be a problem. And, you know, and, and coming up with Chris with the Hawks, I, there's actually three teams, in my opinion, who, who could tie for that with the best offseason. You could either say the Hawks, the Sixers, and the Lakers, just the Lakers because they had basically reinforced their team. They basically reinforced themselves as the, the number one team inside the West and possibly the number one team overall. The Sixers, they surrounded Ben Simmons with shooters. Uh, and Doc Rivers, I know none of you guys can't stand Doc Rivers. You guys hate him, and especially with what he did with the Clippers, too. All the more wow. reason. Uh, I never said I, I never said I hate the man. I just say he's not a good coach. I do. Oh well, Marison. I just think he's not a good coach. I think he's overrated. Right. So I know none of you guys got good feelings to him, but I feel like Doc Rivers is going to still discipline and Ben Simmons, especially Joel. Joel constantly out of shape, bad eating habits. I just feel like Doc Rivers is going to instill some, you know, some some strictness and discipline those guys. Never. Uh, yeah, we'll see. Never. He ain't done that before. Yeah, he, he never, never did it before. Never. Oh man, never, never. What? Why? Wow. So, can't, can't forget that he managed to coach KG and win a championship with him. That was Tom Thibodeau. <laughs> I keep saying this with Doc Rivers. I don't know why. I'm gonna say Colin. I say never because, like Kyrie just said, when they were up three one, they never went and regrouped. They never thought of another way to win. They didn't come out with a strategic plan. Right. So and this and, and and just to add on to what Mar said, this is the third time it's happened with him as a coach. Yeah, this is the third time he's blown the three one lead. You can say that championship, but you blew three three one leads. I don't really want to give that championship to you, to be honest. Mm. I don't even want to give him the, the ring. And you um, had a star every time you blew the three one lead. Sure did. Then mm. two of the cases, they had two stars. Sure did. <laughs> oh man. Really. You know, messed messed up a potential dynasty in Orlando, potential big three. You know, every time he he brings it all yeah, the way but, back. But but you, but but please have high hopes for for Doc Rivers. I I pray you do. I mean I mean listen, I just feel like he could just put Ben Simmons and Joel, two obviously young guys. You know, just on on a better path, hopefully. But um. Well, overall, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Hawks, but then I'm gonna go with the Sixers second, just because they surrounded Simmons with the right pieces to kind of basically elevate his game even more. So that that's my that's my primary pick. So so what do you think, Mar? Who who made the, who made the, who had the best all season? Who's your I got out? the Lakers. I got the Lakers because you know they're defending champs. Um, some people when they win a championship they get lazy or they don't add what the Lakers added. The Lakers lost. They uh they lost Dwight Howard and Rondo and then replaced them. I mean you can't really replace them, but they went and go got them pieces back like it was nothing. And one of them was from another team that they were supposed to be playing. So right. I just felt like yeah, I felt like the Lakers for what they did as for being a championship team. They did, they made moves like they were still trying to win the championship, like they didn't just win one. No, that's absolutely fair. I I agree with that. So what do you think, Kyrie? Who? Yeah, I might have to agree with Mar. Go ahead with the Lakers as my first choice, simply because, like he said, they uh, they did a great job retooling that already championship team, 
and making them even better, which which isn't always easy to do. Um, they got Montrez Harold. They got a big. Uh, they got a nice vet who's actually really serviceable on the floor for the younger guys and Marcus. So, um, signed Dennis Schroeder, who's a, a great upgrade at pa- uh, backup point guard, and Montre- and Montrez Harold, who's a great spark off the bench. So that's gonna have to be my first uh my first choice. And my second choice is definitely the Atlanta Hawks, just because I like the uh the youth they've added uh this off this off season and the young talent also. So I feel like they could, they're like Chris said they're going to be a force uh, to be reckoned with in the East in the next coming years. So over so overall the Hawks just have the spot. So everyone's so high on the Hawks. Can't wait for the regular season to see what the Hawks do. Uh, so so what, what was the next one, uh, Kyrie? So I like this question right here. I want to see where our heads at. The next question is who are you uh, starting your franchise with? Could could you name the players listed? Uh, uh yeah. So I know one was Luka Doncic. One was Zion Williamson. Um, one was Giannis, just to name a couple. Uh, but I, I wouldn't mind if you guys picked anybody, like anybody else outside of those few names. I mean, man. I mean, I mean, I, I'm gonna stick with Luca just because Luca is just most. I mean, honestly, I don't see you can't go wrong with Luca in my opinion. Like Luca just does. He brings everything to the table what you would want your franchise player. But you can't go wrong with Zion. But the main thing with Zion is more health wise, you know, you know, him going up and down with that weight. I'm sure he he's dashing toned toned it down. But uh, you know, health wise is definitely concerned with him. Giannis, he's a you know, he's a three time, I mean two time MVP, so can't really doubt him either. It's really a tough one, but I'm gonna go with I'm, I'm just go with Luca. I'm gonna just go with Luca. I don't know about I don't know about Mar. Nobody might like this, but I'm going to say LaMelo Ball. LaMelo, man. I'm just going to say it. Mm, Okay. No, tell me why. I like LaMelo. A 6'8 combo guard. From what I'm seeing, I know he's knew he can pass, but he's actually willing to pass the ball. And... He's and he's shooting the ball, and like I say, he's a six eight combo guard. All he needs is some weight now. So I feel like if you put Lamelo in the right space in the right environment with the right people, I feel like he can push people, and people can push him, and they're only gonna get better. No man, I I didn't think you would throw Lamelo out there. Me? Yeah, me either. <laughs> That's bull. That's different. No, thank different. you. Thank you. That'd be different. I mean, so so what do you think, Chris? Wait, 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 wait. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be honest. I think look, when, like, LaMelo, because LaMelo's hooping, I think that kind of sparked the something to Lonzo. Like, I really think that hit Lonzo low-key, like, oh, my little brother's in here. He's doing better than me already than I was when I came in. The, not better, but, like, he's, show, he's showing he belongs here already. So it was like, okay, I feel like I got to turn up. And I feel like if he has that impact on his brother, who's on a whole nother team, I feel like he can lead his own team if he really wanted to. I mean, I, I want to touch on Alonzo. So how do you guys feel about him you know, as a point guard? How do you feel about, like, Alonzo? You know, he, has, he has it all. He just has to improve his scoring consistency. I won't say he has it all. I won't say that. <laughs> no, I, he, I will he, not say his, that. His overall game is probably one of the most complete games in a point guard that we have right now, bro. Outside of his shooting. I don't know about that because his shooting is not that well. well, 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 well I'm going to list it off, bro. He can pass. He can defend. He can rebound. He makes people around him better. I was, I was, scoring wise, bro, that, that's the that's the only thing he's really missing is the scoring package. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, yeah, I, the I agree. He has the package. He has the gift. He just has to put it together. Yeah. 
Oh man, no, definitely. I mean, then the thing is too, Alonzo. Alonzo has such high expectations. Namely, his dad, the Magic. You know, he said Magic said he's gonna hang his jersey in the Raptors. That was crazy. I was just thinking, wow, Magic, like that's crazy. I mean, why, I mean, you might, why not say that about you about the first player you draft? I mean, I that's, that's what you want to do. That's what you want to do to get a draft. You want to draft the Hall of Fame. I'm saying the same thing. That that pressure, man. You you want to kind of alleviate the pressure a little bit. You know, that, that pressure was just immense. But like I said, like based on I think while yeah, I think him and Zion, Brandon Ingram, like that, that that's a deadly uh trio on, on the Pelicans, man. So they definitely uh, do you guys do you, I think the Pelicans can make the playoffs at the eight seed, seven seed? I think it's gonna be tough, but um I, it's hard. The West so stacked in man. a couple of years, in a couple of years, I don't know about this season. West is so stacked from one to eight. I'm glad you picked the. I'm glad you picked the. Uh, I mean, you talked about the Col- uh, the Pelicans, Colin, because uh, my franchise player that I was going to pick is actually Brandon Ingram. Ooh, Ingram. Then Luka Doncic will be my runner up. Interesting. Yeah, Ingram. I, I love Brandon Ingram's game, bro. He's, he's a scoring machine, and he's got that intensity that I, I like as a GM and as a head coach. I could I could trust him having the ball down the line, like whenever. Okay, so I'm, I'm comfortable with that. Yeah. Probably giving them, like, you know, last yeah. second shot. And yeah, outside of his bro, his playmaking ability is really underrated. Mm. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, Brandon Ingram, definitely smooth game, too. I mean, so who who you got, Chris? Who Who's your – who's the player you would develop by the franchise? Who's your runner-up to? I mean, I mean, since we've already seen it happen and we've seen them develop into basically contenders, I'm going with Nikola Jokic, in my opinion. <laughs> The best ten in the league. Oh, he absolutely is. Don't never. forget it. Oh, he is. He said never. never. I mean, oh, he is. Oh, okay. You okay. consider AD a center or a power forward? Power forward, easily. AD a power forward, but right, I was. What city are we Joel, in? Joel, when healthy? When Joel is healthy? That's like, man, if, when? When is he ever healthy? That's the thing. That's the problem. That's the problem. That's the problem. That's why I would give it to Jokic. In my opinion, Joel. If he, he just doesn't stay healthy, man, doesn't take care of himself. That's his biggest issue. That's why I gotta give it to Jokic. He, he's not the greatest in shape guy either, but he definitely takes care of himself than, than Joel, which is, a, which is a shame. First of all, first of all, don't say my, don't say Jokic not in shape because he got in shape. So stop it now. He slimmed down a little bit. Mm, you're right. Joel is deaf. I mean, Jokic is the best center. I mean, I can understand why Mar, Mar would say Joel, but Joel just can't. You just can't stay healthy. So, but it, but anyway, I say Jokic because as you can see, he doesn't need a very very dynamic point guard like most bigs need to be effective. Jamal Murray's a, a good point guard. He's not great. He's really good. But you see, he doesn't need like a top ten point guard to be effective on the court. As you can see, and he and basically like what Kyrie was saying for Lonzo, Jokic does the same thing as a center. Yeah, his, his missing piece would just be defense. But with Jamal Murray, though, bro, I think I think we got to give Jamal Murray a little bit more credit because of how well he compliments uh, Jokic. No, I'm I'm not. That's what I'm saying. I'm giving him credit, but I'm saying I, you see how he just needs some like a very spectacular point guard. I'm not saying like Jamal Murray is trash or anything, but he's not like he's not he's not an all star yet. He might be. He might develop into one, but he's not like the guy yet. The guy is Jokic, and you see what he's doing with that. So, right. would you say Jamal Murray is a top ten point guard in the league right now? Would you give him that? Like, where you put him in that top ten? Is he number seven, eight, nine? 
I had to have a listen. I had to break that down because that's hard. I wasn't a Jamal Murray fan until what I saw this season. You can even ask Chris. Right. That's true. Right. Uh, nah. Like I said, he's gotten a lot better. But I'm again, since high school. Now, like I said, Jamal. Now, hey, for, I'll say this: Jamal Murray against he closed out that series against the Jazz. I'll give him that. But we we're not going to act like Yogi wasn't doing doing his thing when they were going against the Clippers. Jamal helped him, but it was Yogi that was going that was going at it. No, that's true. No, no. I mean, I'm just saying, and I'm just saying, you see, as a second round pick, you see how he's developed, and you see what he's done. The, the Nuggets are contenders now, or about to be. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, Nuggets! Oh, Nuggets been been blessed with getting uh, Michael Porter, and get Murray, and you got Jokic, and that's that's just great head head management at that point. You know, you gotta give the hats off to them. I mean, Mars. So, who you feel? Who you feel is the best center in the league? You know, you said uh, we're in a city. You, you the city we're, we're in. in. This, yeah, the so city we're in. So Joel's the best. Like right yeah, now. then Jokic is second. Mm. I mean, I mean, I'm just not like mad at that. I just, just like. Just I mean, like Chris said, I, I, I just like Chris said, huh? I'd say Embiid is more talented. Yeah, he's, he's the more talented. talented. But I don't, I don't think he's the better overall center right now. He he hasn't shown me that yet. Consistent, like like for a full season. And when we did see him, he was just absolutely dominant. Like for sure. Yeah, I'm him. not taking nothing away from Embiid. I love Embiid. But I think, he, I think he's. He's easily more talented than Jokic, but I don't think overall he, he's the best center. I I look at it this way: if you threw if you threw Joel and B with the Nuggets, I don't think they'd had the same the same success. Mm, okay, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Oh, what's the next one, Kyrie? Um, the next one. This is also a good one. Um, which rookie would be the best in five years from this previous draft class? Ah, last draft class. This draft class was so bad, man. I mean. It's so many, it's so many unknown variables in this class. I mean, I don't even know. You can't even go with the blatant first round, first pick in a draft because right. he's not the brightest first pick in a, in any draft. He wouldn't even be the first pick, you know. So, uh man, I, I'm I'm let, I'm let Chris handle this one, Chris. I mean, I, I don't even know. I mean, I got a couple Chris right here. I don't know what you mean by it was a, by it was a bad draft class. Or something I thought it was pretty decent. I mean, it, it ain't like it's gonna be a lot of stars coming out here. It's not gonna be a lot of bad players. I mean, in five years, I got to – I'm going to go – I got a couple. I'm going to go my top three. In five years, I've been the best players. You better not steal mine, bro. I, listen, <laughs> I may or may not. In five years, I think my three best – the three best players as a draft class are going to be LaMelo Ball, James Wiseman, and Obi Toppin. Mm, or if not, or if not Obi Toppin, Josh Green. I respect it. I respect it. I respect it. Actually – Go ahead, give it to you, Kyrie. So I got, I got Killian Hayes. Oh, you took my pick! Oh my god. I got James Wiseman and I got Lamelo. Mm, you took my Killian. Lamelo topping like for for that three. I can't, I can't choose between them two, but Lamelo topping for three. Actually, I'm gonna go with Chris's team rookie Tyrese Halliburton. I feel like he's so up. I'm gonna go with Tyrese Halliburton. Then I'm gonna go with Lamelo Ball. And I'm gonna go with uh, Killian Hayes. I feel like those three guys, staff, are gonna be like, whoa, those guys right there. So, I mean, yeah, those, those, I mean, they, they got. I, you know what, Kyrie? I want to throw in Emmanuel quickly, so because the way he's been playing, it's like you gotta be happy with Emmanuel quickly, man. Oh, be no, I love Emmanuel quickly you, right you, now. You and he's showing that he's the point. He might, you know, listen. He's so. How do you view him as, as a point guard compared compared to all those point guards on your team? Um. 
Because so he, he was forced so, to play off the ball because he was at Kentucky. They had three guards on that team. Yeah, and I, and I think that benefited him because, listen, like, cause listen, so we have we have a plethora of point guards, but none of them seem to, like, fit, like, well. And I guess started a lot of that we had with RJ, uh, with Julius Randle, because those are two guys that like to handle the ball also. But I think quickly would fit in like that because even, like, in periods of the game where he is playing off ball, I think those guys would be the perfect guys to have around him to be able to, like, catch him on the perimeter. Um, for a spot up three, which he like, which he excelled at at Kentucky, and um, I just need, I just, I just think he needs some tool, um, some tools that need to be sharpened. I think overall he could, he could definitely potentially be a uh, starting point guard alongside RJ. Uh, I, I, and you know, some Kyrie, I was actually something I wanted to mean up to you. So, so someone brought it up to me that RJ and Anthony Edwards are like, you know, those, those are like, how, like, how would you compare those guys? Like, are, are those guys like similar players? Um, whoa, yeah. no, I don't see that at all. No way. So, who's, the, so who's the better shooting guard? And you, so, wait, so Chris, if you had the number one pick and RJ was in that draft, you would choose RJ over Anthony Edwards? No, I'm taking Anthony Edwards over RJ. Oh, okay. Uh, why is that? I'm just asking, just, just curious because he's a, he's a more volume scorer. If, when I was watching RJ Barrett, RJ Barrett in college, and when I was watching whatever next house I saw last year, he is. He only goes to the left. He only uses left. I barely see him use his right arm. So I didn't know he has the right to begin with. And, mm. and least, the other thing, least, the other thing that kills me about him, bro, is that he gets tunnel vision a lot of times when he's driving to the basket. He'll miss open yeah. guys on the perimeter for the easy dump off. And the right. has shown me at, at Georgia, he's a dynamic scorer. He doesn't have to be and, and even though he might be in some words a quote unquote bust as number one pick, he went to the best team for him, in my opinion. Cause he just needs to do. He only needs to do one thing, and that's score the basketball when it's his time to. That's all they do: bad. score and play defense. Yeah. Cause they got they got a franchise player and they got a backup star. All they do is just score and play defense. No, that sounds sounds fair. That 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 sounds absolutely fair. Okay. Uh, and what's the next one, Kyrie? Or was that the last one? Oh, uh, we got one more question, and mm-hmm. this one's pretty good too. The most adjustments. Could you repeat that again? I didn't hear you, Kyrie. Um, which player forces opposing coaches to make the most adjustments? Oh, and what's the and, and what was like the candidates for that for that particular uh, question? So you have James Harden, LeBron, Steph, Giannis, Luca, uh, Nikola, AD, and Damian Lillard. I mean, LeBron is just. I don't know if you could really make adjustments to LeBron. I mean, he's just so dominant. But uh, man, I'm gonna throw that one tomorrow. I want to see what Mar says. So Mars shot me with the whole Lamella uh, ball. I want to see what Mars says. Well, I feel like if you're a coach going into a game, stopping somebody in a system is harder than stopping somebody outside of a system. So with that being said, I'm gonna have to go with Steph Curry because this, Ooh. like, he is so the cool definition. He is the definition of that system. Like any other time, I might say James Harden, I might say mm. LeBron James. But I feel like if you're a coach coming into a game and you see, like, the Warriors on your schedule, all you're thinking is, I have to chase Steph off the three-point line. You don't – when you look at other players, you say, okay, how do I stop LeBron? How do I – what is LeBron going to do with this game? That's that's what you're thinking as a coach, but can be tricky. If you're a James Harden, it's okay. How do we stop James Harden? Our issue with Steph is how do we chase him off the three-point line? How do we not get him any open shots? Because he's the he's the full system, and he's but he's not the only one that can shoot. That's why it's dangerous. That's why I would go with Steph Curry. 
No, that's that's completely sound argument. And Mar, I know you remember the game me and you watched when we watched Steph Curry like brought. I remember when Steph Curry hit that shot. I think it was a February. Yeah, it was just unpredictable. He pulled it from saying. pulled it from Davy Jones' locker. You couldn't do nothing about it. Not just David Jones' locker. Listen, I, man, he pulled that thing. Listen, listen I told Mar, I'm like, Mar, did he just do that? Are you sitting? And I betted on that game too. I was so upset. And that's man. the problem. You just figure out how do I chase him off the line because he's gonna shoot from anywhere on the court. No as matter if he's if he's falling, if he's not looking, he'll fade away. It like it doesn't matter. Is he can be? It could be an off ball or he can have the ball. That's I think that's why it's harder for him to stop him because he can score off the ball just as well on the ball. Mm. You took my pick. I was definitely gonna say him. Nice. Well, I know it is. That's that's absolute man. I like that. I can't find any fault with Steph Curry, man. He he sure. can't find any fault with that. Um, I would say LeBron, man, because just simply he's the most. Like I, I just don't think like Mars said, you can't you, you can't really stop or I mean slow down LeBron, maybe. You know, if he just has a bad game himself, that kind of contributes a lot to it. But yeah, that that that's my so what what do you think, Kyrie? Who who who's um, uh, those are both really good picks. But um I'm gonna go ahead, I'm gonna go ahead with James Harden, uh reluctantly, because if you know me personally, I'm I'm not a fan of James Harden's game whatsoever. But you you can't that you really don't have a choice but to to kind of fuck with it because of how good and how skilled he is on the offensive end, like like the whole the whole league knows as soon as he crosses half court he's in position to score. So I feel like that gives coaches like those good, that gives a lot of coaches um hard times especially because of the system we're in a lot of screens a, a lot of isos where he'll he'll get mismatches with guys that are smaller than him or guys that are uh, bigger than him and he's able to cook them however he wants. And you you seen it like you, I can't remember. Uh, it was Ricky Rubio one game, and it was a, it was like a, a little trend around the league where they had guys guarding um, James Harden off the ball with their back towards him, like up the court. So, I mean, like, I mean James Harden definitely. I mean that's understandable in itself. I mean, I mean the, the game the way he plays is definitely not attractive, but you know it, it gets the job done. You know, just he just has to replicate that in the playoffs, and, and, and he's able to control the game and make it his pace because we we seen it like he he can score twenty points strictly off of free throws because he's so good at getting to the line. Right, right. I mean, I mean, Mar, how you feel about James Harden? Because I remember you said he was one of uh, you you said he was the most skilled offensive player. The what was the no? Most? I said he's the best ISO player ever. No, and you I'm, said. Like, you say he's the most effortless scorer. You said who's the most effortless yeah. scorer again? He's yeah, he's one of the most effortless scorer, but I think he's the best ISO player ever. Right. Like for you to like just 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 like Kyrie said, when he comes across, like, well, like many people don't notice or many people don't say this. Everything I agree with everything Kyrie just said, but I'm a James Harden fan of his game, just of his game. He doesn't shoot mid-ranges. He, you you, you rarely see James Harden. It's either a three or a dunk, and you and he still can go for thirty off of it. And that's, that's a that that's something hard to defend for somebody who only dunks and shoots threes, and you still can't stop him. He's just too unpredictable. He has too many moves in his bag. That's why I say he's the best ISO player ever, like ever to touch a basketball. Wait, so Mar, oh, 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 wait, I got I got I got one for you, Mar. Though you think more. You think he's a better ISO player than Jamal than Jay Crossover? Yeah, bro. He has too many moves. Like he has like 
Maul got mad moves though. No, no, no. Maul has mad crossovers. Ah. James Harden has scored like he has a step back. He has a Euros. Like the stuff he does is leading to the basket. Like granted, Jamal Crawford is crossover into the bucket, but it's mostly a jump shot. It's like a two. But James Harden, you never know. Like he could he could do a step back. He can go past you and dunk it. He might do a double step back. You don't. You could do a euro step. He just has so much. He has so much scoring in his arsenal. Instead of him, instead of him doing a move to get him open, it's like the move he's doing is leading to the bucket. You see what I'm saying? Right. Wait. So, Mark. So, I was going to. So, you know, I understand exactly what you said. So, who's the most? So, you say James Harden the best ISO player. Who who comes close to James Harden? Who would be your runner up for that category? Carmelo Anthony. Thank you. Thank you. Carmelo Anthony. Because, like I said, they're both one of the laziest ISO players ever. That's hard to do. It's hard to be – it's hard to ISO somebody and be lazy with it. Like – Can I piggyback piggyback off that real quick? Sure can. So, you you know know why that's funny to me, though? Because, like, they both have, like, like, deceptions, like, when it comes to, like, their physicality. Like, if you look at James Harden – he doesn't look like the fastest player on the court, but he's like the quickest to blow by you. And like when you look at Melo, he doesn't, he doesn't right. Yeah, absolutely right about James Harden. Like, he looks big. He's like what 225, 230. Yeah. Like, and then yeah. and then when you look at Melo, and there's been players like all over the league that said it, like, yo, like he's one of the strongest players, like that, like, like scores like to ever play the game. He's one of the strongest. Like when it comes to making contact and still getting the bucket, whether it's um, like off a of jazz that burn the post or just like just drive it to the lane. He's just one of the strongest. And that's just one of the deceptiveness like of their like deceptiveness of their games that kind of make it like hard to, to read them and to score uh, to defend them. I feel like but I feel like Denver Nuggets uh, uh Denver Mellow is definitely more fit than Nick's Mellow. Uh, I, I can't I can't necessarily agree with that statement. One I mean Nick's Mellow was older of course so like just by nature, he of course he 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 maybe got a little bit slower. He lost some explosiveness, but I th- I feel like that skill set was uh, was always there. But he got even lazier in New York and was still it was a scoring champion in New York, and it became even lazier. <laughs> True, man, Melo, and, and we talked about this in two episodes ago. And Melo should have won a cha- at least two championships by now, but that's how fate is. Fate is uh, sometimes effed up, man. So, but uh, definitely a Hall of Famer. James Harden definitely a Hall of Famer. So, all right. So this was pretty good. So, uh, wait, Kyrie, we got any more? That was that's like that we're, we're gonna like finish that off in the next episode. That was the last one. We're uh, for the next episode. We're we're each gonna rank um our best player in each, uh, each five uh each five positions. Right, and it is there was a couple more questions, but we're gonna touch on that in the next episode. But uh, so thanks a lot for everyone tuning in and taking the time to listen to the to episode 19 of the Strictly Zone podcast. I want to thank my fellow co-hosts, Kyrie, Jamar, and Chris. Thanks a lot. I really appreciate you guys hopping on. You can also follow us on Instagram at, at the Restricted Zone pod. You also follow each and every one of us to cast on, in our IG. That will be inside the whole description in the link below. Uh, you follow us on Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, et cetera. Whether you're an Android or iPhone user, we are available So definitely check us out, tune us in. Uh, So thanks a lot, everyone. Enjoy your day and be safe.